Hey folks, Fran here. You may be wondering, where's Seb? Where's Sophie? Why is Fran on her own? This doesn't sound like the normal start of an episode. And you're right, because it isn't. This isn't the start of the episode. This is a preamble. There's just a little bit of housekeeping that I need to do before the episode starts. First off, this was the first interview that we've ever done and we had to do it remotely using a different recording software. There's a period in the middle of the episode where we all try to say things at once and the audio gets really garbled and it sounds like we're underwater, but I swear it doesn't sound like that for the rest of the episode. We couldn't cut all of it because some of it was still important for content. This episode is also heavily censored because we forgot the cardinal rule of podcasting, which is whenever you're talking about a former employer, do not name them. So when we were interviewing Izzo about her previous publishing experiences, she did actually name the publishing houses and magazines that she worked for. So every time that we say the name of a high-level publishing house or a magazine, you will hear this sound. Redacted. So there's that. One other important thing is that Sophie wasn't here this week, so it was just Sev and I helming this interview, along with our guest Isabella Antonou, and you'll learn all more about her once the episode starts right about now. Hello friends and welcome back to the Fun Employed Podcast, your weekly arts and culture podcast where your wildly underqualified 20-something hosts uh, talk shit and expect you to listen. We got <laughs> um, today you're joined by only two of your regular hosts. My name is Sev. And I'm Fran. And we are joined by a very special guest today, Isabella Antonou. You! Yes, you guys are too kind, too kind to me. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the pod, Izzo. Welcome to our Thank first special you. guest. You're the first I feel very honoured. I feel so yeah, honoured. I feel like there's a bar I have to set now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this means you have to be deeply cool. You have so far to fall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to introduce yourself, Izzo, or do you yeah. want us to introduce you? Oh, I guess I'll introduce myself. And then if you hate it, you can yeah. cut it. Um, <laughs> <perfect>. <laughs> so basically, I'm a writer and digital media specialist who's been working across multiple industries, across publishing, doing freelance and in the tech space. Ooh. Ooh very cool. I have several questions about tech bros that we'll get to <laughs> later. <laughs> so, yeah. Me and Izzo actually met in Sydney, I think a few years ago now, maybe four or five. Yeah. Um, so Sydney, she actually is from Sydney and this is a remote guest also. That's yeah. what we didn't mention. <laughs> yeah, we're really, we're part of the 21st century. We're recording in multiple locations. We're crushing. Yeah. <laughs> it means I can actually give an opinion on like when you guys were like, oh, well, I'm going to move to Sydney. I was listening to that being like, hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my god. Because like I'm assuming that like Izzo is one of the reasons that you want to move to Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's Don't really that. reassuring. I, 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 could, <laughs> I could be out of here at any second. <laughs> I'm looking at that. Yeah, it's like there's no stability. Ooh. Oh, Rattlelade. Okay. Yeah. To be is this because of your like armed forces partner, my or because you actually want to move to Adelaide? Uh, it's because of my partner, yeah. I don't think anyone, like, decides to move to Adelaide un when they're under <laughs> the age of 30 on their own. Well, yeah, I've never seen anybody move to Adelaide of their own volition. Yeah, fair. I mean. No. People I'm just, like, the wineries. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's wine well, country. That's, like, the only reason anyone moves to <laughs> places. 
just weekend after weekend of wine tours. <laughs> just that's in the Adelaide we Hills, yeah. That's what we would do if we lived in Adelaide. That's Weekends, sure. I'm there on the Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect use of time. Oh. Anyways, how has your week been, Izzo? It's been good. Um, very on brand with the podcast. I, as of COVID-19, have also been made unemployed, fun employed. But I Ooh. did see my, <laughs> I did see my um, old workplace advertise yesterday while scrolling through LinkedIn looking for jobs that will take me. So saw a little and it made it quite interesting because yeah. they were like, oh, we're going to hire back everyone we've made redundant when we back on our feet. It's a bit like, ooh. Ooh. So basically they're rehiring for your old position. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, a position adjacent, like some of the work that I did. I was like, ooh. Yeah. But also like I, so oh. everyone's like, oh, you should apply. And I'm like, I don't want that. This is like an ex situation. Yeah. It's like. Do you think your last job on good terms? Like, <laughs> No, I think so. Like, like I got 101 stories about the place, but like, no, good terms. Oh, I'd, I'd, yeah. outgrown, I'd outgrown the place. I think we outgrew each yeah. other. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, it's the civil, right. the civil. Uh, yeah, we've both had this experience. <laughs> I guess that's part of being a young person. Oh my god, it's just never liking anywhere that you. Yeah, work. it's like being like, oh, True. I hate this actually, but it's actually, like it's, like, I've grown. Yeah, exactly. It's like a lot of people like oh, I don't like where I work anymore. I'm like, oh, that's not going to change. If you change places, that's just you're not going to wake up happier. It's actually just capitalism, guys. Yeah, yeah it's it's That's the problem. It's Dream job, one of the reasons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one of the reasons actually that we get along so well is is because when the whole Alison Roman Chrissy Teigen shit fell out, mm. Izzo was like the only one who also agreed with us. Yes, <laughs> like Queen. everyone was like, "No, Chrissy's, wrong. Chrissy's right to be angry." I'm like, "No, shut up! You have too much money." <laughs> exactly. I feel like you're not allowed to be mad if you've got over three million dollars in assets. Like, full stop. Yeah, like, no. you forfeited <laughs> that right. <laughs> You have forfeited that right. <laughs> You're done. Uh, so, how was your week? My week was pretty reg. <laughs> I have had the week off work. Hot. By off work, I mean I haven't been at work. <laughs> um, for Not off, he just wasn't reasons. doing the work. <laughs> wow, yeah. so you're taking over Sophie's mysterious podcast yeah, host role this week. I'm going to be mysteriously podcasting. I'm the mysterious podcaster this week. But, yeah, I didn't really do anything much. I just was at home. Cute. Um, I recorded for another podcast Ooh. and Ooh. I was half asleep because they it's an American podcast Ooh. and they <laughs> decided to – well, I agreed to it. I agreed to like a midday recording and it was like 6 a.m. here. And I Girl. was like, I was like half asleep and I was like, yeah. We know better. I've done we so much. a shout out for the bottom line. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's for Queering the Air and we are actually re recording tomorrow <laughs> because mm. it was such a bad recording on my behalf. I was asleep. You were. <laughs> I was like basically asleep. None, like none of the stories made sense. And I was like, oh. That's us every time we hang out. What are you talking yeah. about? But also they had a new podcast and I think everyone should listen to them. I think they've got two episodes out now. Oh, sick. Queering the AirPod. We'll do something. We'll cross promo. We'll have you know. <laughs> and Fran, how was your week? Um. Yeah, I've been I've been mad tired. Um, <laughs> I had to get a blood test, and they normally when I like get a pathology test, nothing's actually wrong because I'm a hypochondriac, and they don't tell me to come back. Uh, but this week they were like, "No, no, you have to come in. <laughs> like something's Ooh. wrong Ooh. with you." But I can't I find can't out until Monday, so I'm also Ooh. no, they can't do it over the phone. So it's also mysterious. 
Wow. Um, I know. Uh, But also I, um, in a total um, like plot shift for this podcast, I might be getting a job. Um, (laughs) So like I've been in like the interview process with like a major financial service for the past like week, two weeks. And it seems to be going well. Um, I was hoping that they would offer me the job today because it's my birthday and it'd be a good gift. Happy birthday, though. <laughs> yeah, oh, I totally forgot to mention that. I was going to mention it after. Like, <laughs> Oh, my God. This is not an important after age. This intro. <laughs> not an important age. Not serious. Nobody writes about being 23. <laughs> no, um, unless you're Blink-182 and you did that one song. Oh, yeah, actually. Nobody likes you when you're 23. We'll cut that because I'll somehow get copyright claimed. <laughs> um, <laughs> now I just feel ancient. I'm 24. Oh, I'm oh. dust. <laughs> like, don't Boy. speak too loud. The air pressure will just, like, ruin me. <laughs> <laughs> You're about to hit that mid-20s. Like, oh, you oh, don't are say that. getting there. Oh, my God, I know. Oh. One of our mates who's also 24 asks me about it all the time. He's like, am I in my mid-20s? Am I in my mid-20s? And I'm like, okay, the more you keep asking, yes. yes. <laughs> you are in <laughs> your mid-20s. You You're actually 25 now. Yep. That is the middle of your 20s. Yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> you can't if, if stop You don't get to decide when... <laughs> Yeah, you don't get to decide when your mid twenties are. Domain sponsored ads get to decide when your mid twenties are. Yeah. Oh god, that means I'm in my mid twenties. All my ads are real estate ads. Yeah. <laughs> so I again always blame this on unpacking Brisbane because I'm constantly yeah. talking about suburbs. <laughs> I bet Isa would never get any real estate ads because Sydney is very unaffordable. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, they know your name. No, they still. Yeah, they know. No, they still show them. Just like ha ha. It's just an exercise in <laughs> self-esteem ruining. <laughs> it's just like, here's a prospect, not really. <laughs> or just a hole in the ground. It's like you still can't afford it. Yeah, you can't <laughs> afford this car park in the middle of the city. Oh, my God. It's like there's no kitchen, but there is a sink in the middle of the living room. Wait, and if the water from? gets really hot, we could make tea. <laughs> Where is this from? Is this from a TikTok? Oh, my God. I watched this TikTok this morning. (laughs) No, I watched this TikTok before we started recording. (laughs) We all are just getting the same TikTok now. I think (laughs) for people who don't think TikTok is, like, listening, (laughs) it is. We're on the same For You page. We're all on the same For You page, yeah. Perfect. But now that we've covered how we all are, we should get into the actual interview portion of this slash, like, general chit-chat. So you work in publishing, you work in marketing, all of that digital fun space, and you're technically freelancing is my understanding? Yes, well, not um, freelancing at the moment, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As according to How the did ATO. you get into it? According yeah. to the ATO, you're a freelancer. <laughs> um, publishing in general and media? Yeah, how did or, you get into it? Did you, like, always want to do it? Did it sort of come to you? Well, it was kind of one of those things that you kind of – keep running into so at uni mm-hmm. I very much did not want to get involved into any media like I purposefully did not apply for the media course at my university because I was like I'm gonna be better than that who, like why did I think that who did I think I was um <laughs> 19 year old 18 19 year old me was like I'm gonna be different um <laughs> still did English as a major so I was just yeah. doing the poor man's version of Miko really wow huge mood <laughs> <laughs> two English majors in the house <laughs> give me something to unpack like oh I'm ready oh my god but, um, please give me some Emily Bronte <laughs> <laughs> Mrs Dalloway is that you knocking um <laughs> yeah, like, I 
Yeah, so I kind of was trying to avoid it. But I guess while I was at uni, I got involved in a lot of um, student media stuff. I hosted a radio show on the um, radio ne- on the radio network there. I ended up editing and running a lot of the literary journals, um, even did some stints at the ye old Oniswar, um, the UCID um, mm. University newspaper. Um, for people who don't know what that is, it's go into any blue check journalist on Twitter. It will be in their yep. bio still, even if it was from 40 years ago. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> no, like everyone who works at the ABC and Triple J is somehow involved. <laughs> oh, literally, literally. <laughs> um, but yeah, so got into involved student media, then got sick of my retail job, had a bit of a moment emailed redacted out of the blue was like hey mm. do you just have anything going um they had an <laughs> mind you before i did this as well i completely hacked a um an redacted internship which has probably been one of the most embarrassing periods of my life because i just <laughs> oh that was a bad experience Wait, but now i need it? to I'm, ask yeah. about this internship <laughs> in full detail we're gonna talk about the redacted internship this redacted oh. internship too so oh, where do you oh, start? Oh. We'll start with the redacted. And then we'll get the full picture. Uh, basically, I was there for like uh, a little bit and then there for me a full-time role and basically shooting from the stars from there. Um, <laughs> to come back to the redacted um, internship, this is proof that I'm not smart. If you hear people say that, they're lying to you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> basically, what happened was I was given this opportunity to um, intern. Redacted. And... I was emailing uh, the woman back and forth. Uh, she was being very vague. Um, it was kind of set up through like friends of friends of people I was dating at the time, nepotism. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. I'm going to be honest. Classic. That's what we, we love to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love the oh, honesty around it. Um, <laughs> and she just seemed in too, not too keen. Didn't really understand like why I was looking for this internship. Um, she was like, "Oh, is this for like a uni credit? Do you have to do it?" I'm like, "No, no. This is my own volition. I'm just." aggressively keen and productive and my self-worth is tied to that um love it so she uh, gets to the point where like she's like okay we can meet it like this time she doesn't give me an address or anything so I decide to super sleuth my way into thing by googling where it is um the Baumeter building and looking at her um the woman's oh what's it called a footer to find what floor she's on um I go in and I just talk to the security guard like hey I'm supposed to be meeting uh blah blah at uh I she didn't give me a time so I just was like okay what well, 11's a good time because you know it's before lunch like uh, might not be too busy but it's not first thing so I just and the security guard is like oh yeah sure yep completely okay buzzes me up I'm there and she just walks out and goes oh Okay, which is completely fair. Like, her reaction is normal. I broke it into the Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like I've actually never told this story out loud. Um, I think I've been kind of embarrassed I by it. it. No, I love um, this. No. I had a portfolio in hand. I was, like, here. Um, basically, girl, she's like, That's yeah, on yeah, self-confidence. Yeah. No, you love that. <laughs> I have never reached this level of self-confidence since. 19-year-old me was another woman. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I basically like she takes me away we, we sit down we have a quick chat um she's like okay cool um I guess we'll, we'll do a month we'll see how we go blah, blah blah I'm like cool I was very dumb at the time I didn't understand workers rights so I agreed to do two and a half days unpaid <laughs> um yeah. while, wow. working, like, <laughs> while working at my retail job which was also in the city so I'd run 
from like one to the other, oh, like in a no. Mrs. Doubtfire and girl boss. Hashtag <laughs> girl boss. Can you say girl boss? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all like, you know, workplace trauma. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's girl bossism. <laughs> exactly. We um, wake up, we're on our grind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. You know, so I, was, like- I was there for a month. Um, and then I guess it kind of hit past a month and I was like, oh, are we going to reevaluate what's going on? Like I, I felt like I was doing an all right job. Um, like mm. I did a press release. I was doing some, you know, moving articles Ooh. onto the online space, stuff like that, writing some copy. So like doing actual work. Um, mm. <laughs> anyway, so I like I sent an email being like, oh, it's been over a month. Um, did we want to reevaluate or just want to check where things were? Because I knew if like I did not say something, I would still be there today. Two and a half days a week on pay. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, not recently now because they've all caught, like they're dropping titles like nobody's business. But um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I emailed and I didn't get anything back. I saw, you know, them get the email and I'm like, oh okay never mind so I go home and then I get an email from a, another girl I was who was kind of like looking after me and she's like oh mm. Isabella I didn't realize today was your last day <gasps> oh no and I walk in I'm just reading this email on my phone I'm like oh neither did I <laughs> Neither did I oh my god holy shit that's how I got let go of my last job <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Holy this shit. Was, oh, oh my to be fair God. though I think I put myself in the bad basket because not only did I like technically break into this office to get this internship that wasn't advertised wasn't a real thing I then for some reason on the first <laughs> day like when I went to see the woman who'd given me the internship I had a brain snap and I hugged her Oh God! Oh my God! <laughs> no. And I think about that sometimes at night. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like just about to fall asleep, and it's like you hug that woman you had no right to touch. <laughs> you, know <what> <laughs> you, you don't no know right. this girl. You don't know him. Oh my God! This is That's like better. if you were like Ugly Betty and like Rebecca from Crazy Ex Girlfriend in like one person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and not in a good like. <laughs> Literally, like, <laughs> it was an out of body experience. I kind of love everything. No, about I kind of love though. it. Like, to be fair, I would do the same, but for like a boy. So, <laughs> so like at least you're doing it for like work experience. Well, yeah, you did it for like a professional reason, as opposed to like seeking the approval of an idiot boy. <laughs> you just wanted to seek the approval of the idiot, <laughs> idiot publishing industry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Idiot bourgeoisie. Oh my god, that's so funny. That's an amazing story. So, first, everyone, um, break in. (laughs) (laughs) If you were a journalist, journalist, (laughs) upcoming journalist. Break into a mag. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God, the ABC will want you. (laughs) How do I get get on foreign correspondent? (laughs) (laughs) Just running through war zones, accidentally hugging the wrong people. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Out of that that internship, that's all I got was basically a letter of recommendation that was very generic, written by someone I'd never met, and this horrendous story. However, she got that story. We have a great letterhead. Great letterhead. Yeah. I would love that kind of letter of recommendation. (laughs) Do people take letter of recommendations these days? 
Yeah. Do they? Yeah. I've never put one through. Um, <laughs> usually for like um, academic programs and stuff. Love uh, okay. them. Uh, and it's like, oh, I'm an undergraduate. I don't think any teacher has ever noticed me. <laughs> like, they don't know my name. I'm pond scum. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Christ. Um, so after your time at Redacted, you went to Redacted. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Yes, yeah. oh, I was. I think we've there. had a conversation. Sorry, I was oh, going to no, no, just go say. I know you've told me a story off air about um, some dodgy like HR stuff <laughs> at one of these companies. If you want to share that, you feel free to. Uh, yeah, I think it's important to talk about these stories, uh, especially when it comes to publishing and media, because a lot of it's untransparent. Mm. Yeah. Um, before I say the story, I do want to make a bit of a disclaimer that um, a lot of the issues stemmed from the fact that it was a British company which had a Australian, I guess, office. It regards like yeah. A, yeah. A, another entity, really. So yeah. I think like, this would have been one of those things that um, – potentially would not have happened or I would have had more like support if it was like all in the same country and not across two hemispheres. Um, I yeah, also had yeah. some lovely uh, individuals at my workplace support me through this time. Mm. Um, but basically what happened through an admin error, um, it turned out that I had been overpaid. Um, not by much basically because what I was doing because I was uh, studying at the time through as I have for most of my life unfortunately studying and working mm. full-time so what would happen is yeah. during the semester I would uh, my hours would cut while I ran to uni did my work and run back and all that jazz um which I now look back on as an absolute chaotic um experience yeah. and do not recommend <laughs> this is also coming from the woman who broke into <laughs> a workplace so <laughs> yeah my like your brain clearly- is broken yeah <laughs> um, there was an admin error. There was also a change of management that where this was discovered. So it was in between us having um, – uh, we didn't have an MD at the time. So it was oh, being yeah, handled yeah. by the UK um, and it was just a bit of a mess. I unfortunately couldn't afford to just pay back this money out of pocket Yeah, because it ended up being quite – what it was realistically not a lot of money but was a lot to me who was someone I was on yeah. a very starter early wage. Like I and I was yeah. completely financially yeah. independent so I was like paying my rent, paying my food bills, all that. So that money would have mm. made a big difference. Basically it was a lot of back and forth between me and a very senior executive at the, at the company which made uh, which was very weird. Like usually there's some in between levels that you're chatting to, but it was yeah, me and have yeah. to speak to somebody in the middle. Yeah, but no, I was straight with her. Which you think that'd be great. It was terrifying. Um, mm, it's yeah. all over email. It's it's all written, and I was very honest, being like, I do believe in fair pay for fair work, like fair work for fair pay. Blah blah. I understand this is an issue, but is there a way we can kind of like work this out? Because um, I can't afford just to pay it back. Um, Mm. and it was back and forth. Like they wanted, uh, their suggestion was that I work more to kind of like work some hours for free to kind of work it back. But I was like on the phone to like the ombudsman and the fair work ombudsman. They're like, oh, that actually means you're going down to like below minimum wage because my hourly rate would drop because it'd be averaged out. And it's like, legally they cannot do that. And it's like, okay. And then I was like, wait, are they working with UK law? 
Like, is this another aspect? Oh, yeah, the jurisdictions became unclear. It was exactly. um, Like, we had a kind of a third-party accountancy do our payroll. Like, we outsourced the payroll to another Australian company for the Australian um, office. It was no, so no one really knew. um, My direct manager didn't really know how to talk about it. And, like, and they were basically, the higher-ups asked her, like, oh, look, don't talk to her about it. Like, blah, 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 we'll handle it. Once again, very bottom of the food chain, talking to the very top, um, having no yeah. mm. bargaining leverage whatsoever to try and work this out. Once again, I've mm. never once stated that I was like, give me the money for free. Like, no, I was like, <laughs> I could overplay. Well, so you like, were like 20 at the time, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, 20. So I was, I was quite young. I was quite young. There's a 24-year-old. Um, <laughs> yeah, still 20s. Yeah. That frontal cortex, she's not done. Like, <laughs> she's not developed. I would have like maybe She's now what happened now I would have like invented a new system of accounting to fix it and yeah. you know, <laughs> but no not twenty no um, so it was a real it was a really difficult time and then I was like can I, is there a HR person I can talk to I I was not given any sort of like indication that there was apparently there was a port like an intranet that can be accessed by the UK office but like no one in this. Sydney office had an access to and it was just this back and forth okay. and of course the time zones one email sent. <laughs> You've got to, like, wait. So it basically got to the point where, like, I was on a payment plan to pay back my wages. But it's just the back and forth was so exhausting. And I think that's it's so common across all of media is the fact that there's very little support for the lower levels of it. Mm. So join your union. union. Um, I I did get a lot of advice. Uh, the MEAA, um, I think it is about the Media um, Entertainment and Arts Alliance. Um, highly recommend then. I gave them a call. I gave uh, Unions Australia a call as well just so I can understand, like, my legal rights, what could actually happen, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I had that power. But it also made it really difficult to um, going forward, even though we sorted it, being like, okay, I'm on a payment plan to pay back these wages. I always felt that, like, I'm in the bad books now. Yeah, like, because somebody think, else fucked up. Because there was, yeah, exactly, because there was an admin error, a lack of communication, whatever. Mind you, like, when we found out, we were like, we put our hands up. My manager and I were like, oh, we found this issue. Like, it's, so it's not like I was yeah. going away and, I don't know, taking extra tea bags from the kitchen. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, I think, very much with media in general, there is this kind of, there is this fear that you can't do anything wrong even when it's you not doing the thing wrong because there are just so many people outside the door waiting to replace you and ready to yeah. replace yeah. you. The element of being disposable in an industry where everyone is fighting for, like, the most minute opportunity mm. makes exactly. everything infinitely more difficult. And I believe what experts would call this the situation you're in is a schmozzle. Mm. Mm. <laughs> like, like, Rock, have you met sh- hard place? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's like so true i was gonna bring that up too it's like i feel like everyone even like in movies too like devil wears prada and like ugly betty both of those are in like set in the media industry and it's like anyone can have this job you should feel so lucky to have this job yeah um but like because there's a lot of posts that go around of like you know the movie villain the real villain and like miranda Priestley, Mm -hmm. and then like her boyfriend but the thing is miranda Priestley is like still asking for like an irresponsible amount of like mm. work from interns and assistants like you're literally asking somebody to work 24 7 and like that may be part of the job description but that doesn't make it ethical yeah 
No. And so often these like these huge hours are not compensated as well. Only recently like the MEAA were able to push through proper like workers, I guess, rights for like overtime relating to digital journalism because it was so new. Yeah. It was just like you could work any amount of time over time and they didn't have to pay you that. It's yeah. only recently yeah. they've been brought to the same standards of, say, print journalism in terms of, yeah, your rights yeah. and your responsibilities. When you're freelancing, do you find it difficult to, like, balance the amount of hours that you're focused towards a particular story or, like, any particular research that you're doing versus, like, your actual life? And then how do you, like, how does the billing work? Oh, I hate it. Um, so <laughs> when it comes to freelancing, so I unfortunately have not been getting as much work as I would like at this moment. We love a job uh, seeker payment to kind of cover those extra odds and ends. Ooh. Same girl. Purely, <laughs> we love it. Um, purely because as well, because there's just been so much shelling of especially young journalists um, from mm. all these newsrooms, like uh, 10 Daily doesn't exist anymore. Um, yeah. BuzzFeed, uh, now all of Bowers, basically. I think it was an ordinary amount of journalists have been culled from there. The ABC has been going through a round of redundancies. There's just so many yeah. very experienced, uh, very specialised as well, um, mm. journalists now all just are, are basically freelancers. Um, so yeah. it's quite difficult. I mean, I've been lucky enough to get some odds and ends in and uh, yeah. both kind of like I had a piece earlier um, this month uh, published in The Guardian and I had some like yeah, I ABC saw that. read. Mm. Thank you. Ooh, I feel really special when I have it. I'm like, I've read it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, if you want to follow me on my Twitter, it's... <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Twitter. We'll drop your Twitter, LinkedIn, everything. Drop my Twitter, we'll do the whole plug, baby. <laughs> Please uh, click on the article because if it gets enough clicks, they might just ask me to write another one without me having to do anything. Oh, amazing. Um, click daily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like getting Justin Bieber's yummy to number one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen to it while you sleep on a low volume. <laughs> <laughs> please oh, um, man. print it out send it to friends um yeah and out of that i was <laughs> able to get some abc um radio gigs as well but um yeah amazing it's an it's a hard process freelancing because you basically you can't balance it because you're always on you're always looking because that work isn't unless you've been doing it for a while and you already have these very set up connections and you have you're incredibly organized and can actually slot in you know what's incoming down a pipeline it's very hard to know when do you switch off. Uh, there's been times where I've like literally pitched an article at 7 p.m. because I was watching the news and I'm like, hold on, okay, here we go. That's something I could write about. I have, this. I know the perfect person to interview for this. And I'll send it through. Then it gets rejected, but that's like a different story. But um, <laughs> uh, it's you don't actually switch off, um, and there's pressure to not switch off. You're either if you're not. Think if you're not actively writing or researching, you're passively doing those things like going through Twitter, trying to stay informed of what's going on, trying to see like has the piece I want to write already been written and then actually doing all that and then designating time to write is, it is a lot. You have to be a very organised yeah. person. Then on top of that, billing um, is a lot as well. Um, usually uh, you get a flat fee for an article unless you have a different arrangement with um, an editor. It's often like, oh, X amount for um, this bit of work. And that discussion happens during the pitching process. Um, yeah. It's a bit of a balancing act. It's like, oh, what's your budget versus what are you charging? Just a standoff yeah. um, <laughs> on the other side of a laptop. 
price of your yeah. fucking groceries. <laughs> exactly. It's a bartering system, but for uh, your labor. But um, a good thing to do, um, plug in the MEA again, they do have a good list of standard rates for like how experienced you are, how long the piece is, and that um, yeah. all that jazz. Um, yeah, so it is, it is a lot. It's a lot to juggle. And then you have the adage of, um, I guess, responsibility of making sure you're tracking your time, being like, okay, how much am I using my laptop? How much am I using my phone? How much am I, am I working from home? All those things that add up for tax time as well. Like I know we've just had a tax year and a bunch of people are yeah. either getting their tax stuff together or have already put it in. Especially because a lot of us are working from home, they've kind of introduced this flat rate. But if you're using that, you still have to kind of calculate you know, depreciation of your things like your laptop as well. It, it's oh my God. Yeah. a lot. I have about, oh, I've got about five different spreadsheets um, and it will actually, I'll, I'll time log. I'll start to research or start to write and I'll time log exactly. And then I'll have a thing of like the ABN for the publication it's for, exactly what article or thing it is. It, it's a lot. But once again, my brain is clearly broken. So mm. <laughs> yeah. I'll never be anal enough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can never freelance. I just like write my own. <laughs> just time, never claim anything. Time jump. Yeah. Oh my god, freelancing. Do you enjoy freelancing? Like, is that something you would continue to do onwards, or would you prefer to work at a publication? Um, I prefer. It's hard. There are pros and cons for both. I have had friends who. I've got a lot of my friends actually work um, for publications or for news sites, outlets, all that jazz, and they feel very constrained by the brand. Um, yeah. There is, um, I can't talk too much about it now, but I'll uh, keep you guys updated when a, a friend of mine has had a very um, intense experience working at a certain very well-known network um, in relation to what happened at the Sydney, uh, an article, what happened to um, the Sydney Black Lives Matter protest in Central Station. Yeah. In which Ooh. me and her were both involved in the pepper spraying um yeah. and uh i think she's actually writing something about it at the moment so i'll, I'll link it to you guys you can have a read when that can all Ooh, you will absolutely uh, promo the shit out of that so did um the network come back and say like that wasn't yours to say or like as a representative of the network is that what they were trying to say it's more like? that it, things like, I guess, undermining of other journalists and what is not the brand happens subtly. Um, shelving yeah. an article, you know, delaying it until it's no longer timely. Like, oh, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll have yeah. this meeting about it and then the meeting gets cancelled or things like that. And a lot of mm. publications in the contract will have this stipulation saying you cannot freelance, you cannot take IP, which makes sense. You can understand why that is there. So there is definitely pros of working for a major publication or a network or a news outlet because there is that stability there you do get um you know you do get the name and the resources there to back you up for your work as well for some yeah. stories people wouldn't talk to you unless you had that kind of branding with you um but on the other hand there is this sort of i guess you can do whatever you want when you're a freelancer in within reason within you know yeah. defamation law um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like do what you want don't get sued um I think personally for me I do enjoy freelancing and I think I honestly don't know if I will ever be able to get a job in publishing or in media directly in the foreseeable mm -hmm. future just because the way things are at the moment and there is just this yeah. deluge of incredibly talented individuals 
who've been in the industry for years, longer than I have, who are now out of work. So I am keen to freelance on the side still while pursuing maybe similar to what I was doing at my most recent role, like an internal comms role or um, continuing marketing Um, because that's still adjacent. And those kind of things when you're working for a private company or even like that uh, in like a marketing role, they don't care if you're freelance on the side. Most of it, like you're not really a brand representative. might be different if you're working in government and if you do work in government and want to freelance, I would definitely talk to um, your HR or like your manager to be like what that actually says there because the rules could be quite different. But I think that's how I see myself going forward, like freelancing on the side but looking for, I guess, a weekly paycheck elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Uh, the weekly paycheck is job Who is seeker. She? Who is she? <laughs> job seeker. Girl, they're reducing it and I'm not yeah. ready. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're just like, hey, do you want to live below the poverty line again? I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> not again. No. Not again. I can't go back there. That's the thing. Once you're out, you're like, I'm out. And then it's like, no, you're back in. It's like, oh. Girl, we're always closer to being homeless than we are to being millionaires. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. I wish they rich. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Hit that guillotine. Um, I want to make sure that we talk about our second topic within time constraint. Yeah. Because we're hitting the halfway mark. Now, did you prep? Is on what we're talking about? Yes, I did Oh, thank prep. God. <laughs> Is it? do you want to introduce what we're talking about for the second segment? Yes, watch me get it wrong. No, um, <laughs> so for our next segment... <laughs> I've got the wrong email. No. Um, for our next <laughs> time, um, we'll be talking about uh, Kanye West's recent unfortunate and very public, I guess we'll call it an episode. Mm. Yeah. Is that, I think Definitely. that's the best thing to say. Moment. Yeah. A moment. Kanye a moment. West is having a moment. Kanye West is having a moment and I think he's been having several moments for several years. Mm-hmm. Um So I'm coming into this topic with a little bit of a different perspective Um, and this is going to sound a bit odd and I need everybody to be on board. Um, So, like, my ex-partner did have bipolar disorder um, and regularly often, like, related and associated himself with Kanye West and his, like, manic behaviour. Oh. Yes, And that, at the time, I was like, oh, that's insane. But upon reflection, I'm like, oh, no, that makes complete sense within the context of your diagnosis. Yeah. So I look at Kanye and I just, oh, oh, I'm just upset every time. And I feel so bad for Kim. I feel so bad for Kim. Yeah, she recently actually released a statement talking about... um, I think Everything she took it down because I tried. Okay. Um, oh, I wish I could put on her voice. Oh. This was uh, put on Instagram, as all great statements oh. are. We've, we've upgraded from apologies to a yeah. Instagram, I guess. You, cl- you can tell that she's taken a photo of, like, a wall or something to try and get a black screen, but a little bit of light has come through. So <laughs> it's beige. It's a beige background. It's that weird beige house they've got going. Okay. Oh, so, yeah. house. As many of you know, Kanye has bipolar disorder. Anyone who has this or has a loved one in their life who does knows how incredibly complicated and painful it is to understand. I've never spoken publicly about how this has affected us at home because I'm very protective of our our children and Kanye's right right to privacy when it comes to his health. 
But today I feel like I should comment on it because of the stigma and misconceptions about mental health. Those that understand mental illness or even compulsive behaviour know that the family is powerless unless the member is a minor. People who are unaware or far removed from this experience can be judgmental and not understand that the individual themselves have to engage in the process of getting help, no matter how hard the family and friends try. I understand Kanye is subject to criticism because he is a public figure and his actions at times can cause strong opinions and emotions. He is a brilliant but complicated person who, on top of the pressures of being an artist and a black man, who experienced the painful loss of his mother and has to deal with the pressure and isolation that is heightened by his bipolar disorder. Those who are close with Kanye know his heart and understand his words sometimes do not align with his intentions. Living with bipolar disorder does not diminish or invalidate his dreams and his creative ideas, no matter how big or unattainable they may feel to some. That is part of his genius, as we have all witnessed. Maybe of his, uh, many of his big dreams have come true. As a society, uh, we as a society talk about giving grace to the issue of mental health Mm -hmm. as a whole. However, we should also give it to the individuals who are living with it in times when they need, need it the most. I kindly ask that media and public give us the compassion and empathy that is needed so we can get through this. Thank you for those who have expressed concern for Kanye's well-being and for your understanding. With love and gratitude, Kim Kardashian West. Oh, that was an essay. I should have prepped that yeah. more. First of all, first of all, we live in a society. I know. Second of all. <laughs> that was a really good apology. I thought. Well, Not apology, is, but like a statement. Yeah. The tough thing is that, like, it sort of the responsibility does fall on you as, um, like, if you're associated with somebody who is untreated for their bipolar mm. or they're choosing not to seek appropriate treatment and they're going off the rails, you as the person closest to them who is in control of their, like, you know, um, their faculties then has to sort of step in and be like, this is what's going on, I'm sorry, and, like, you do the apology tour for them. Mm. Um, the interesting thing for me is that like this has had to happen several times yeah like the i think that the because there's the takes that i keep seeing are like you know bring that same energy for like we hope kanye gets help to you know people with um mental illnesses on the street who are doing really badly and it's like yes we keep that same energy i think that it's different though with kanye because it's not a matter of like i hope he gets the help it's a thing of why isn't he getting it because we know that he has access And, like, he has no interest in getting better, which is the weird thing. Because he's a great father. Like, you see clips of him with his kids and it's like, oh, wow, you're so leveled out. You love these children. And, like, he's obviously such a talented musician and producer. So you're, Mm. like, the weird – it's weird to watch, but, like, it's also, like, he's pretty much, like, he's textbook bipolar in the way that he behaves because he's constantly flipping between the messiah and the pariah in the way that he views himself. And it shifts the way that he speaks to the public. It shifts the sound of his music. And because we're all constantly engaging with it, he's mm. never going to seek help because, if anything, I think it's, like, it's still propelling yeah. his career. I, that's really true we- you say that also. Yeah. Do we know that he's not seeking help? It's, I guess it's one of those yes. things where it's like, do, is it something that is happening behind closed doors? Uh, so he's talked about this publicly. Oh, okay, okay. Because I was trying so, to look into things. Yeah, no, because I'm a big, I was a big Kanye fan. And I'm going to be honest, mm. still am. Love him. Mm. Oh, with nice. his interview on Letterman, he spoke about how he refused to be medicated like he won't do it he refuses to do it anymore he may be in therapy we don't know but Mm. the truth of the matter is that when you are 
like that dysfunctional, it's very difficult to continue on with life in a like stable manner without some degree of medicating. And particularly when you see him fall so far every time he has a meltdown, it's like, how do you live like this? And it's so public each time, like each yeah. time. It's always in front of a crowd. In front of a crowd on Twitter. Yeah. And it's like always like, what was the last, last time he was like, slavery was a choice. Oh, the, I forgot about slavery <laughs> was a choice. And then like this time it's like Harriet Tubman and like Which, some of the slavery. We had taunted. We had conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah. But I think oh, he really that. plays into it. <laughs> he like really plays into it because it's like, like he's got an album. He like. Had this whole oh, because Donda's coming yeah. out. He had this whole mm. public mental breakdown, um, and then is that what you say? Mental breakdown. Well, it is. He is having a breakdown, and like an episode. Yeah. He has a public episode, and then he at like mid episode, he goes, "Well, I'm releasing an album this week." Yeah, but I think that that's also like a big part of it as well. Yeah. Like having been around creatives with bipolar, things get weird when you get close to the end of a product. Yeah. Um, I will also say that I think that people love watching him have an episode because whenever somebody has an episode, there are a few gems of just like pure comedy in there. Mm. And um, the tweet that I was thinking of was where he called Chris Jenner, Chris Jong-un. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, stand up comics, <laughs> right? they came up which with is TNC like- wishes that they had done that. <laughs> I, that's so good. Like, yeah. there's always gems in there because these people are deeply intelligent. Yeah. Like, I love it. Like, Izzo messaged me off air yeah. and it was like, the only thing, the only good thing about this, like, Kanye episode coming about is he's, like, finally clarified that Kim's white. Because <laughs> there's, like, a full tweet being, like, Chris and Kim put out a statement without my approval. That's what a wife should do. That's, that's not, not what, what a wife, wife should, should do. do. White, white supremacy. <laughs> and that's on white supremacy. <laughs> It's like, wow, you've had it here first. Everyone, Kim is white. Kim is white <laughs> and Kanye knows. And I'm sure he's upset. Oh. Like, I just... Because, like, that's the thing. There are these moments throughout where you're like, fuck, he's really getting it. Like, <laughs> he's funny. He's still smart. He can still cut through. Yeah. And I think that's why people won't, like, people refuse to disengage. Because it's not even just, like, it's a train wreck. It's, like, it's something's so- going on here. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like- these episodes aren't completely devoid of the person it's still the person there it's still their personality still there i think especially when it comes to bipolar i'm not a doctor Mm. i would have put that out there but when it comes to Mm. i guess misconceptions and i can talk to media uh media representations it's almost they kind of put forward this idea of like there is the individual and then there is i guess the mental um uh, their mental illness mental. as a separate mm. as a separate being. Yeah, when that is Which not it's the not. case, and as, as someone who has experienced mental health issues in the past, there are often elements that I know for myself, and I know other people talking to them. There are parts of themselves that exist only in that mental ill state that they kind of like, and they romantic. Oh yeah. Especially in creative circles, there's this kind of a, like, oh, I'm not going to be able to get to this higher level of thinking. It's a, it's a lie you fall into. Um, yeah. But if I don't have, you know, this connection to this actually very draining um, illness, so yeah. it, it, it's very hard. And people, I feel people don't know how to talk about it. No, because no. I think it's also it's not attractive. I think that it's very easy to swallow the, like, basic idea of, like, depression and anxiety. Like, that's sort of, like, in terms of the way that the public can perceive it, it's a little bit simpler, mm. whereas 
things like bipolar disorder and schizophrenia and other like really serious mental health disorders like disassociative disorders, complex post-traumatic stress, that's a lot tougher to like make palatable to a general audience unless you have like experienced it firsthand. And even then it's not that palatable when you live it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I think that you're right the like the creatives really sort of indulging in it because you see the statement from you know other artists who have bipolar disorder who you know will really like indulge in their mania um and you know like I get my best my best work done when I'm having a manic episode and it's like no you don't <laughs> like, no it's like you would have like, actually yeah. done it weeks ago like <laughs> yeah. and then you wouldn't have to spend all this time editing like this stream of conscious like garbage (laughs) like I say that as somebody who's had to do a lot of editing (laughs) but yeah it's just it's interesting for me to watch because it's like we've been because we've been seeing the lead up to this for years and that god complex you know coming out in his music and we've actually like so I my minor is in religious studies and we had to talk about Kanye West a lot because he perceives himself and presents himself as a god, particularly when Jesus came out and still does yeah. it every now and then. But then, like, that stopped when Jesus is King came out. But, like, that album was garbage, so who cares? Um, <laughs> it was. It was shit. I didn't like it. Um, I just – I don't know what people want from him, and I don't know why we're surprised anymore. Like, this is just what he does. Is it us – being so, is it the general audience and the fans of him that are surprised or is it media outlets? Is it the Daily Mail I writing think- those headlines and that kind of mm. steers the conversation? Um, yeah. Like don't, don't cancel me but I was watching The Project while flipping through um, while waiting for <laughs> no, other TV to start um, <laughs> and they were, they were talking about this and you could tell that they themselves were uncomfortable talking about the topic, which is once again understandable. It's, it's an unpalatable thing. Um, yeah. especially if you don't have any experience with it. Um, but there was a point where um, they were saying, well, Lead was saying that, do we just look away? And it's, mm. yeah, yeah, as an individual you can, but it doesn't matter what the individual's choice is when it comes to engaging with pop culture and media because there's 101 cameras. There are 100 cameras in a room. <laughs> only like only one of them has to be ta- like taping it and disseminating yeah. it. Yeah, and exactly. Ninety nine mm. could turn around. <laughs> turn around, but one. So it is. It's kind of like bigger than Ben Hur. Like the irony of like you know witnessing a god complex through media, which itself creates its own god complexes in a way. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Because the, there is this suggestion of like, oh, the way to help Kanye is to stop looking. But it's like, I don't think that Kanye has a life in which you can do that. The only way that that can happen is if he chooses to move away from us. Mm. Like, yeah, we can't leave him alone unless he steps back because that's the nature of celebrity and celebrity culture, right? Yeah. Exactly. Like, and it kind of the fans idea of like- force it. Exactly. And it, then there's the idea of like, oh, if we look away, it stops happening. It's like, no, 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 that still happens. Like, the, yeah, yeah, it happens know, in private. Mental, it will just happen in private. And it's, is that good? Is that bad? I don't know. I cannot speak to that. But it's still happening. Yeah, he's just going to say bonkers stuff to his wife instead of to the media. Like, which is fine if Kim is equipped to handle that mm. and like can provide the necessary help like required but again coming back to the statement that she made you can't do anything 
unless the individual is ready to make a change. And I've been through that directly. Mm. Like you can put as much work in as you want and you can beg and you can cry and nothing's going to go anywhere until they personally think that they've hit rock bottom. And I don't know what that looks like for Kanye. I was just going to say also, like, even if he, like, look away and, like, as we were saying, this still is happening at home, Mm. like, if we look away, we're just, like, kind of still treating it as, like, this unpalatable thing. Yeah. Like, we should be, Mm. like, if we're looking away, we should still be discussing it as, like, an issue and how to deal with bipolar or, Mm. like, schizophrenia and other mental health issues that are, like, not palatable. Yeah. Like, just because we're looking away doesn't mean like we have to fully look away we can like redirect the view yeah <laughs> that's what i'm saying. yeah and you can talk about like resources for people with mental illness with mental illnesses and mental health issues and what the actual process is and even just like talk about what the symptoms actually are because um, mm. i think that there's a lot of confusion about what bipolar disorder really looks like um, because a lot of people that you've interacted with on a daily basis that you think are perfectly normal and fine, quote unquote normal, um, are people with like serious mental health issues um, yeah. who are just, you know, coping and managing. So. I mean, I could, like, I could say safely that I don't know what any of the like bipolar signs are to look out mm. for. Like, I've never like looked into it or like, like, and I know, like, I know who you're talking about yeah. when you're talking about your experience with a bipolar person. So I like in my head, I'm like, oh, they seem like a completely functioning person to me. But like, yeah, they were a very successful person at that. Like, very successful within their field, like, pretty well respected, but like, just genuinely off the rails in their Mm. private time, which like is another thing of like, if you look away, they're still going to do it in their own time unless they're seeking treatment. And Kanye has basically said, I've sought treatment and it didn't work for me. So I'm never doing it again. And that, is also not that effective. I've also had this theory for a long time, and this is just pure hearsay, um, that if Donda had not died early and in the way that she did, the meltdowns that we're seeing now wouldn't be happening. Like, at least not Uh, to uh, the degree that we're seeing them. Yeah. Well, uh, it's kind of the known, a big shift happened. Yeah, it seemed Mm. like the big shift from the public perspective, things could be very different for people who Mm. knew him. But it was after his mother's death. Yeah, it really, so it for really people who don't know slash Sev. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Donda West died. I think in was it bef- was it two thousand and eight or two thousand and nine? I remember um, being in the car on the way to Flower Power. What I heard. <laughs> what a what an absolute vibe, um, Donda. Um, no, so she died in two thousand and seven. Sorry. Holy oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So she died quite young. Um, Kanye was raised entirely by his mother. She was like an English professor. She basically, she was super supportive, loved him. They had an extremely close relationship. She was heavily involved in the releases of all of his music. Like she was there. She was like his number one, ride or die, anything for Donda. And then she had a um, plastic surgery procedure, which was botched, and she died on the operating table. Oh, yeah. So, I did not know that. Yeah, so Kanye sued the surgeon, um, and basically he sort of, like, dropped off for a bit after she passed mm. because he was so hurt and so, so broken from it. And this, I believe, was in the period where he was engaged to Amber Rose, and that fell apart. And people often blame his... Um, Beyonce should have got, like, Beyonce had the best music video of all time, VMA's Meltdown, on the fact that his mother had passed recently and he was still, like, recovering from that moment. 
Sorry. sorry, there's a cat on the screen. There was a cat on the screen. I'm so oh, sorry. That is amazing. We love Very this. Cute. We love this kit. But yeah, so basically, Kanye had a really close relationship with his mother, and then when she passed, basically everything went to shit. And then he found Kim. And now they're in love and they have all these kids and he wrote a song about it and it was very lovely and I cry to it often. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, basically Kanye West had a major trauma and doesn't seem to have recovered from it and we're just watching the fallout yeah. every day. I just want to say something else about, because now you bring up the VMA thing. Mm. Um, it's very convenient that Taylor Swift also, like, is dropping an album on the I same day as Donda. Yeah. I was like. So, like, go. And it's also, like, it's a les- it's like a lesbian TikTok cottagecore aesthetic on the album release. <laughs> and I'm so confused. And my I whole feed like is just straight white girls being so excited. And I'm like, I don't I don't get it. I can't relate. I don't know. I, I feel like I gave her a chance. I watched her Miss Americana. Um, oh, how did you feel about it? Th- okay, there was one scene that I really, <laughs> for some reason, annoyed me. Um, she, <laughs> She's like, for, she's in a private jet with her mum. And for some reason, they've done the food service before taking off. And I come from an airline family. So I know that is rule number one to not do. Like there's a reason you wait to your level and seatbelt signs are off before, you know, the catering yeah. cart comes around. So they've got like a full yeah, steak dinner and like they're taking off with their steak dinners, <laughs> holding on to them while they're vertical. And there's like truffle butter flying and like her oh mom like, oh God. no. And it's like, could you not wait 10 minutes to be in the air? <laughs> and that, that, that scene fuck? is stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> now we have to watch it for We're that just scene. Gonna watch it for that scene. But it was also like a lot of it was her, I guess, just well talking about her career, but also justifying like, oh, how now she wants to be an advocate for like LGBT. Yeah. yeah. So it's it is individuals propaganda. It's propaganda. It was <laughs> practically propaganda. <laughs> yeah. Like so it really was. <laughs> it, it was, and I felt that as I don't know, as an adult, I think her like audiences are yeah. like a lot younger or, you know, aren't as yeah. aware of the happenings on going around. Just doesn't mention yeah. much. Exactly. She doesn't talk about how the fact her parents were, like, very wealthy and, like, moved to Tennessee to support her um, country yeah. music career yeah. as well. Like, that wasn't an accident. No. Yeah. There's mm. oof, a lot of choices. When it's, we could do an entire episode <laughs> on Taylor Swift, honestly. Oh, please we don't back for that. Oh, honestly, I think so. <laughs> I also, like, we probably should invite, like, someone who is pro Taylor Swift because um, always we just, like, rag on her every time we look, go. Okay, oh, but look, for balance, lot, though. But also, yeah, the, the, balance, the, the song, integrity. the song Dear John, that shit slaps. It's so good. Oh, like, while she's got dreams, some I'll, absolute, I'll look to it. Yeah. She's got the some whole slappers. of 1998. 1989. Yeah. Sorry. Look, slappers, baby. Like, <laughs> it's full of them. But oh my God. Yeah. I will talk about Taylor Swift another day. But <laughs> returning to Yeezy, my boy. Um, I like I can appreciate the fact that this sometimes opens up the conversation about mental health and mental mental uh, mental illness. But also it's just like it becomes a circus every yeah. time. And it's like, it's a marketing circus as well, because it's like, is the label happy about this? Like, the lines are so blurred. But that, that's yeah. going to happen when, you know, we're at the point in like late capitalism where the product mm. is the individual, the cult of the personality yeah. Yeah. is such a cornerstone of not only like 
our economy, but like our understanding of the world. Yeah. So tied. And he's in a family that has like entirely commodified themselves and their bodies. Mm. Like they are the product. They offer nothing other than themselves. Like, oh man, I just think he's in a sort of impossible situation because the cult of celebrity isn't going to help anybody with a bipolar yeah. disorder and he's married into the Kardashian family. Like, ooh. I think it's going to be, cons- it'd be interesting uh, to see in a couple of years what's happened, mm. but like a very, it just feels like this is very similar to Britney Spears' public meltdown in 2007. Mm. Oh, yeah. Like, it feels very like they're just the same thing that happened. Mm. Um, so, like, that's If concerning. anything, I think Britney was more dramatic. Yeah. Like, though, again, we could do another episode about this. <laughs> like, we could. We could. <laughs> we could do a free Britney episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's so. just us recreating her TikToks. <laughs> That's our TikTok now. It's just recreating Britney TikToks. It's just us walking in and out of frame. <laughs> oh my god, it's perfect. But closing comments on Kanye. We should, if we're looking away, we should look at something else and okay. like actually talk about like how we can help people with mental illness. Yeah, because obviously, like we can't just force people to do that. No, but like. There are conversations that we need to have yeah. with ourselves and with society about how to treat, yeah. like, how we treat people with mental illness. Mm. Like, instead of just laughing at them, yeah. we could actually, like, read up and inform ourselves more. Yeah, if we hold back on the memes. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Exactly. Yeah. Opinions? I, I agree. I agree completely with Sev there. Because there is, I guess, it's bigger than us. Something like this in the public eye is bigger than ourselves. We can't, mm. you know control what, what everyone else is going to do and what they're going to say and how they're going to react to these things. But you're right, we can control how we react and how we educate ourselves and how we treat people in our lives who may be going through similar, um, I guess, similar scenarios. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my closing comment is um, as much as it may feel like it, Kanye is not the villain here um, and neither is his wife, um, or the rest of his family, or even us, um, there's usually not a villain um, in yeah. these situations. Mm. It is an extremely tough spot to be in. And if you can have sympathy and empathy, then I think that that's the main takeaway to have when situations like these happen with major public figures because it's honestly, it's even tougher when you have to deal with it one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And... That brings us to the end of that topic. In terms of a wrap-up for you, Izzo, is there, where can we find you on social media? Where can we read your stuff? What can we know about you? Go. Yeah, sure thing. So I'm on Twitter at Izzo, I-Z-O underscore Ange, A-N-G. Ange is for my middle name. For all those who are really curious about that, I'm also Um, I'm also on Instagram under the same name, I think. Let me do, um, yeah, but Izzo underscore Angelin, A-N-G-E-L-Y-N. I've decided to anglicise my name for branding purposes, clearly. Um, Big mood. I've also got some work out on The Guardian and I guess watch this space because I have just finished a book and I'm looking to get it out in the world. 
Ooh. Oh, you completely failed to ignore. You ignored to tell, like, failed to tell us that. I wanted to drop it at the, at the very end. At the very end. Because then you can't ask questions about it. And if I don't. Podcasts. Yeah. Well, you know how we have a regular like, guest in the Yeah. <laughs> I'll send my we'll invoice. have one for like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. We'll throw it in the bin. We can't afford it. We can't afford to pay anybody. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can hit up the AMEA. The MAA. MEAA. Oh, and join your union, guys. Yeah. Join a union. Yeah. Um, Sev, plug our socials and bad Yeah, so we are available on pod on Instagram and funemployedpod on Twitter. Um, we will follow Izzo on that Twitter and we will also, like, share some of your stuff when we release this episode and you can help get Izzo another article on The Guardian. Yes. <laughs> Please do. Please right. do. This is the mission of the pod, is supporting yeah. Izzo's career. <laughs> supporting <laughs> Izzo's career. I'm not bad. Mm. All right. Right. Perfect. Thank that's this episode. That's this week's episode. Thanks for joining us again, Izzo. Thank you for coming. All right. No problem. Bye. Bye. <laughs>